This is Kevin Pruitt with another episode of Rising Tide Startups, and my guest today is Carl Gould. Carl, thank you for joining us on Rising Tide. Kevin, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I've been looking forward to this. I, I told you off off uh, line. I've been, I'd done a little reconnaissance work this morning and, and watched some other videos that you had online and cool. um, oh, that my, my YouTube videos would have the same numbers that you have. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been blessed in that area. Thank you. And, uh, I'm glad I'm able to contribute a, yeah, to lives of others. That's all. I, I think it's a blessing, but it's also probably a, a testimony to a lot of hard graft out there as well, I, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was lucky enough to get started early in my entrepreneurial career. Uh, I was coming off of a, a leg injury uh, in college, but um, it, it may have turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to me. So was this like sports related? Oh, I'd love to say it was, well, I guess it was. It was pickup football and it was a non-contact injury. So <laughs> I'd, love, I'd love to tell you there was some great dramatic story around it. But, yeah, it's uh, like those football injuries. I dropped the remote when I was watching a football <laughs> game and I, I blew a hammy or something. So Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I wish there was a better story, but <laughs> exactly. the story was better than the beginning. Hey, you know, on Rising Tide, we dig deep. So uh, <laughs> speaking of digging deep, tell, tell our listeners a little bit about Carl. Sure. So um, I was uh, born and raised in New Jersey, still live in New Jersey. Um, I was one of 10 children uh, from a second generation immigrant family, uh, Italian, uh, French Canadian and Alsatian. Uh, so think Europe. Yeah, if, you wow. ever drank, if you ever drank Cronenborg beer, you know where Alsace Lorraine <laughs> is. Okay. Absolutely. Well, there you go. There's always a beer tie in somewhere. And, um, and so I uh, was uh, living in New Jersey on my way to study accounting and finance in college, had a leg injury, um, left, left school. And since I couldn't afford to go back to school on my own, I, um, I started my first business. I started a landscaping company, which is what I did in high school. Um, and I grew that business from 1986 to 92, uh, doubled that business every year until I sold it. And then in 1992, started a construction company which morphed into a real estate development company, sold that in 2004. Um, but my coaching career started in 1991 when I attended a Tony Robbins seminar. Uh, really, uh, loved the, um, really loved the idea of helping people set goals and you know, chase their dreams. And I got really deep into NLP and DISC and other sciences of peak performance. Sure. So all through the 90s, there I was coaching as a side hustle. And, uh, but I, I knew I really wanted to do this as a full-time business. So in 02, I launched the company that I have today, Seven Stage Advisors. So 1991, you had to be like six. I mean, you know, you were you the youngest <laughs> Tony Robbins attendee at that time or? <laughs> yeah, I know. It was funny. I, I looked at some old photos of me when I first started my company and I said, oh my God, who gave that kid money for <laughs> anything? You know, I said, you know. You know, you say, what would you say to your former self? I'm like, oh my God, look over what I would say. <laughs> that's right. Uh, Stop looking like Doogie Howser, the MD. That's, that's exactly right. You got it. Pretty well, much it. Yeah. It sounds like that. Uh, and I'm, we'll, we'll dig deeper, you know, later on in the chat, but it sounds like to me that you, in that very short bio, you've almost gone from success to success to success. Have there been some bumps along the road? I mean, have there been some obstacles and speed bumps? You're going, whoa, you know, that, that didn't work out well. Yeah, for me, every time I launched a new business, I, you know, I, had, I always had this optimistic view in my head that it'll go a certain way. It's going to go just as my business plan said it. And then, you know, that old cliche of 
no plan, you know, survives contact with the enemy is right. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so what I, the bumps along the road were all of my pivots. Now, at the time, I kept saying, why is this happening to me? Woe is me. What's the problem? What am I doing wrong? Only to find out later on that I was, I was finding my way. And what I would have considered then to be failures, I look back at now. Um, and I find that it was just really grooming me for where I'm at today. Because um, they were. They were pivots. You know, you have ideas. They don't work out. Or they don't work out as good as you thought. So if you tweak it a little bit. Um, you know, and then all of a sudden you hit that sweet spot and, and the, um, customers are responding and they're paying the price and the prices you're asking and then they come back and buy more and they make referrals and you realize, wait a minute. Okay. I think we're on to something, but it does take a while to get into that groove. And, and those are really the main bump. I, I interpreted them as bumps along the road at sure. the time, right. but you know, looking back, they were really just grooming me for you know, late, later and more important, you know, uh, initiatives. I, I have interviewed a number of people from probably 10 or 10 or 11 different countries every week for the last 14 months. And I have never had an interviewee uh, capture the idea that it's not a failure. It's a pivot in such a clear and concise manner. I think uh. you need to put that on a t-shirt I think you need to trademark that, that there's, there's some gold in that, that <laughs> phrase right there, because that is so true. I mean, it is, and, and I think a lot of it has to do with the idea of, of adaptability and, and being a little fluid in, you know, the business plan is a guide, but it's not, you know, it's not a, a jailer, you know, it's not, it's, it's not shackles. And as, as you see things that where you need to, to make a, a slight adjustment or you need to stop doing it all together. I mean, I love that idea of pivoting versus, you know, it's, it's almost like the idea of failing forward versus yeah. just failure. You ever see that movie? Um, uh, there was, there's two movies that come to mind. One was Gravity with Sandra Bullock and yeah. George Clooney. Right. And the other one was, uh, I think it was The Martian with Matt yep. Damon. Yep. And it was all about the, the, the quote from the movie Martian that struck me was, um, at the very last part of the movie, Matt Damon was, you know, they said, everyone wants to hear about how I ate my own poop, right? <laughs> and, um, and basically, the mess, he, he said, he goes, listen, if you continue to solve problems, you get to come home. If you stop solving the problems, I wouldn't be here today. And, and that, I think, is so relevant in business in that if you continue to face the problem, stare it down, work through it, and never give up and always follow, work through the problem, you, um, you will win in business um, because you, you, you know, you will have, if you, you know, there's an expression that says, oh, I tried everything. I tried everything. No, you didn't. Because if you tried everything, it'll worked out. You yeah. tried what you thought you should do or you tried what was convenient, but you didn't go to the uncomfortable and you didn't go to the inconvenient. Had you, you probably would have gotten through. Sure. You know, sure. and we live in a day and age right now where there are the connectivity of the world. And the fact that there are just flat out 7 billion people around and 10 mm -hmm. billion in our lifetime, there is a market for everything. Yep. Your, 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 whatever idea you have is a good idea. It's not the idea. It's can you get it to your ideal client avatar consistently, sustainably, and profitably? And, and for that, you have to just keep on moving. Right. Um, as long as you keep doing that, you're going to be fine. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I hate to disagree with you, but I, I think pet rocks and those sleeper blanket things, 
I, I think <laughs> those are failures. I, I don't care if they sold a hundred billion of them. Those, those are not successes. <laughs> that is just sheer buyer stupidity. So I can't, I can't ever let my kids hear you say that because they want a dog. And I said, why would we do that? I have a pet rock. I literally have a pet rock on my desk. And I, it's, the only, it's the only pet I'm not allergic to. So, and my daughter right over here is staring me down. She's saying, I heard that. I heard, heard that. that, Dad. That's right. You're going to pay for that later. So, oh, Okay, so you and I are, are stepping on an elevator, an office building, and we're going up 10 floors. I'm headed to my office. I'm, I'm a solopreneur. I'm getting started in, in business. I, you know, I, maybe I'm a second stage of development or whatever, but give me your elevator pitch of, of Carl Gould Enterprises. Well, um, hustle your way to a million, team your way to 5 million, process your way to 20 million. So any, any, I mean, only, only 4% of businesses ever make it to a million dollars or more mm -hmm. in annual revenue, right? 96% will never make it there. And, and, um, but you will hustle your way. Anybody can hustle their way to a million. Um, and again, pet rock. <laughs> All right. We'll stay away from pet rocks. We'll leave pet rocks alone. Hey, this um, is your show. <laughs> but every, every other business other than pet rocks, um, you can hustle your way. Um, it doesn't, you know, it's, Effort and attitude first, you know, will make your idea better. I mean, Lamborghini is known as a Lamborghini is known as a luxury car. Well, Lam the Lamborghini is a tractor company. They were the slowest, least performing vehicle on any road or off road. They went to Porsche and said, "Can you teach us how to create a luxury car?" They said, "No, I'm not going to teach you." They said, "Well, screw you. I'm going to do it on my own." Mm -hmm. So Lamborghini went from a tractor, the least performance mechanism on the planet, to one of the finely, finest tuned performance vehicles yeah. on the planet because of effort and attitude. So, so you have done this. I mean, you're not just a theorist. You're also a practitioner. I mean, you know, right. you kind of outlined those in your, in your kind of short recap bio or whatever, but you've actually done this at least, I mean, from what I was reading earlier, at least three times. Yeah, uh, multi-million size businesses. Yeah, uh, three times um, we've advised others, and um, you know, and we've had other businesses. But yeah, we've reached that milestone three times. And and I'm mean, reached that milestone and exited at that at that yeah at that at that uh, level. So, I mean, I love the fact that I mean there there are so many you know coach gurus you know swamis out there that are going hey this is I, I can teach you how to do this but they actually haven't even walked the walk themselves yet. So right. you right, certainly yeah. have, have walked that path. So what would you say would be, if you look back over the you know, 20, 25, 30 years of, of you know, kind of your past entrepreneurial history, what, is, what has really been the highlight? If you could pick one day out of that entire time, what, what would that day look like? Um, 1996, I was, 1998, I was standing with a um, representative of our state government because I had, I had gotten to a real estate deal one day before they did. And they really wanted it badly. And this was a time when um, my business was cash flow broke. Uh, my partner in this real estate deal, we were standing next to each other. And we had just literally gone through the cushion of our truck to get two dollars and quarters so we can get two slices of pizza for lunch we <laughs> met with the representative from the state government and they lowballed us on on this real estate deal 
which would have been a boom for us. Like it would have, it would have really taken care of us. And I insisted on the higher price. My partner's jaw almost cr- cracked on the ground. And afterwards he said, Carl, we just scraped together $2 for lunch. <laughs> you just told them you needed that? <laughs> what are you, nuts? And, um, and so the guy walked away. I got a phone call at 11 o'clock that night at my home saying, all right, we're going to do it. And, um, and so I, I realized on that day that, you know, one, if you have something of value, you have something of value, no matter what your personal position is. So stay strong on that. And two, you know, we, we had a vision for what that real estate deal was going to be. So we stuck with it and, and we got what we wanted. Um, you know, I doubted myself a lot on the sure. ride home and I said, Oh my God, did I just blow this? Um, uh, but then I got a call that night and I was like, huh, all right, right on. That worked out. Okay. So that was a, that was really a, uh, a good day in my entrepreneurial career for sure. So yeah, I had it in the bag all the time. I knew yeah. that and, and you're sitting there, you're, you're, you're sitting in your home with your head and your hands on your couch going, what have I done? <laughs> oh, you know, I was talking smack after that. I was, <laughs> Oh, I there's was, no doubt. I had bragging rights for a while no on doubt. that one. You know, no yeah, doubt. exactly. Exactly. So I want to take a little bit of a, a shift here and, and just, um, I um, want to ask you about the idea of uh, entrepreneurs, like, you know, you talked about, I, I love the idea of this kind of failing forward and the pivot, but what would you say are the top, maybe one or two mistakes that entrepreneurs make, you know, on that kind of rise, on that, on that, you know, that upward swing curve that they're trying to grow their business? What are, what are, you know, maybe there's three of them. I mean, what are the top sure. mistakes that, that you see over and over and over again? Well, the fir- first one is when you're first launching your business, um, businesses will try to discount their way to market share. And that's a mistake. And especially today, like it was, it was a bad idea 20 years ago before the internet. It's a worse idea now. Mm. And what I mean by that is you say, well, you know, I'm just trying to get established. So I'm going to cut my price in half. I'm going to get a few clients and then I'll raise my price accordingly. Well, you don't need to do that. You know, what I say to entrepreneurs is come out with the message that you are now available to the marketplace in a way that you were not available before. I mean, if Oprah Winfrey or Richard Branson launched a coaching company, they would not be discounting their time to gain market share. They would say, I'm available to the marketplace in a way that it never had been before. Sure. Because you, everybody who launches a business, you're launching a business because you have, you have a unique value to the market and you have unique value to a very specific segment of people. Um, so that's number one is don't discount your way mm-hmm. to market share, you know, sell your value, um, uh, sell your value. Now, second part to that comment is you have to know your ideal client avatar. Yeah. yeah. Most people say, well, whoever's got a checkbook or I, you know, whoever drives by my store, that's not your ideal client. The ideal client is the person who is the person who is the most likely and best beneficiary of your services. They would pay a premium and they would refer you at the end of it. Think about this for a moment. How many people do you know, and this is for the listener as well, how many people do you know bought a luxury luxury item or a dream item? The, that dream vacation, or they bought that Tesla, or they bought that watch, or, or they bought that box row seat at the performance, and then they complained about the price. Not that many. They yeah. likely bragged about the price. Sure. 
right? They said, oh my God, check it out. We're front row. It was a thousand bucks, but my God, I'm going to see my idol, right? They not only spent the money, they bragged about the price. Well, to a certain segment, you are a dream to that ideal client avatar. So if you are the, you know, the best pet rock Man, manufa- I got to go pet rock. Man, again. I'm sorry I, I brought that I up. I got to redeem myself. I got to <laughs> redeem myself. But just imagine you, you know, you're the best, you, you, you're just the guru of, of all things pet rocks. Well, um, you know, there's a segment out there that are just passionate about that. And if you truly have the goods, if you know how to get the best rock and paint it properly and the right accessories and the best positioning on the desk and, and how to care and how to care and nurture your pet rock, People who are passionate about that would be willing to pay you for your expertise. And so you don't have to discount yourself to people who are passionate about pet rocks. They will, they will want to uh, pay your premium. Here's a good example. Uh, my son, two years ago, um, he's in the military now, but he um, was starting his first year in college. Well, when he was a senior in high school, I could not consume enough uh, information about how to get your kid into college. Mm, I, couldn't yeah. read, I couldn't read enough about it. So I wasn't sitting there checking your credentials or finding out how long have you been in, the, in this space. I was looking for, do you have the information that's going to help my son pick a college and be sex, successful at it? Right. And if you had that and I was your ideal client avatar, I couldn't consume enough of you. Now, my kid's in college. Well, you know what? I'm not your ideal client avatar. So mm-hmm. you would have to discount to get me to listen to you because yeah. I'm not your target. Yeah. But if I am your target, you don't need to discount. But even if they discounted, you wouldn't stick around anyway. So, right. I mean, yeah, it's, it's just kind of a one-off right. purchase. So, I mean, I yeah. love the way you define that an avatar is, as someone who is, the, you know, the, those that are most likely to buy and those that would benefit the most. I mean, that's a very clear, you know, kind of uh, encapsulation of, of, you know, how to define me, you know, people have defined that term all over the book, you know, all, all over the map. So, uh, but it's, it's interesting. I, mean, I love that really the way that you've just really kind of made that very clear and concise. Oh, great. Thank you. One thing I would add to that is when you're doing your ideal client avatar, ask yourself the question, what is going on in their life or business right now that makes calling you, whoever you are, an urgency right now? Mm. Like what, what is a pivot or trigger event in their life? Did they just move? Um, did they just lose a loved one? Did they just get a promotion? Did they, you know, reach a milestone age? Are they about to go on a big interview? Like all of a sudden when there's something like that going on in their life, it's not, it's not just important that they speak, speak to you. It is now urgent that they speak to you. And so let's find out what's going on in their life or business right now that has importance and urgency. I, I think that that really adds to the, the definition. I mean, it adds that second layer that, you know, that increases the likely, likelihood of, of purchase, you know, from, I mean, that really is finding your tribe, so to speak, in essence. That right, yeah, exactly, yeah. Trying to sell. If you, uh, if you had to just choose someone online that, that really inspired you, what, give, me, give me a name and give me one line and why they, you, know, you would pick that, that individual. Um, I would say, uh, they're probably both sides to the same coin, but I would say Brendan Bouchard and Marie Forleo, yeah. um, they are, uh, they are both teaching people how to reach their peak in either small business or, or in, in, in their, in their expertise. 
and I find their message to be genuine. I find their message to be sincere. And they strike me, they both strike me as people who are really going for it. Um, you know, they're, they're just laying themselves on the line. You know, I don't, I don't get the impression from either one of them that they have some side hustle, that this is it. Yeah, you know, yeah this they are, is it. They're all in. They're all they're in all and in, they're yeah. living life without a net. I really respect yeah. that. I mean, looking, looking though at your presence online, I mean, there's, there's some things historically that, that can kind of lead up to today. But if I, the things that I looked at today were almost all headed in kind of the seven stage advisors space or the, you know, the, the idea that this is what I do. You know, I coach, you know, I, right. this is, I've, I've found kind of that narrow channel that I'm going to run in and, and, you know, niche down to, to my area of expertise. Um, you gave me a, a quote earlier that uh, that I wrote down, but it, do you have like a life quote that you know you've got taped up on your laptop? You you know you've got a tattoo on your arm, <laughs> something yeah. like that that says, "Hey, this is," or maybe you've written it on your pet rock that uh, yeah. says, "This is you know this is the kind of the life mantra that I want to live by." Sure. Well, it was a quote that I initially heard Nelson Mandela include in a speech, and he's often attributed to this quote, but it's really Marianne Williamson from uh, um, uh, Course in Miracles. And, and essentially, the life quote is that you do not serve the world by playing small, mm. and that by sharing your light and your gift, you create a path for others to do the same. I'm paraphrasing a bit because it's a right. paragraph long quote, but that whole quote about playing as big as you are and not playing small because you know you can't build people up by playing small you will help people find their path for playing big by you playing big was essentially right. the message i got from that and I, I think that's is that that's obviously something that you learn but where in your kind of life cycle where do you think you really got that message in your mind um it was um so they i was part of an organization that was that had an intranet that was, that was basically LinkedIn before LinkedIn, you know, in the early 2000s. And, and I was very active in this organization called the Institute for Independent Business. And they had this intranet, we called it mass email, but there was a forum, this, you know, basically think of LinkedIn today. And um, I was very active on that. And I, I would speak, they were in 35 countries. I used to visit a lot of those countries in my coaching. And, you know, you never know what, people are hearing you say or that they're seeing or that they're even paying attention to be honest. And, and I, I remember traveling to Australia and there were, um, there were a number of people who had followed my movements, um, as close, you know, closer than I did. Like they were like, Oh, I saw that you did this six months ago. And I was like, Mm. (laughs) you know, and, and I was like, Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. I did that. And, um, and when I got there, I found that there were a number of people that were using, uh, the, some of the uh, content that I've created, some of the speeches that I had given as um, tools for them in their life and business. And, and that's when it really hit me. I said, you know, I'm onto something here. What I'm sharing has value. And for at least this group, um, or at least for this segment, um, I'm providing value enough that they felt it was worth their time to invest in and also to now um, profess out to others. So that right. was very gratifying. And and it made me realize that um, I was bringing value and that I actually should continue because they also encouraged me to continue as well. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, looking at it, your, your reach was also global. I mean, it wasn't just, you know, just around the corner and people you, you had, you, they were my friends because I, I grew up with them or I went to college with them or whatever. I mean, there was yeah. a, 
it was a an unknown reach of you know a tribe you were reaching you know on the backside of the planet for that matter. But if there yeah. was uh, there was one piece of advice, one line of advice that you could give your your pre you know startup self, your pre nineteen year old landscaping business self that you think would have been. I mean, it sounds like to me that you you kind of failed forward well, you know, through a whole long progression, but. If there was one piece of advice that you think would be would be game changing, if you knew this when you were nineteen, what would it be? Um, I would have told myself to think bigger um, at every step. So, however big you're thinking, think bigger. Because I, I look around and I and I, I see other contracting companies, and I say, "Wow, that's a really big company." I said, "Well, that's what I was doing back then. Why? What was different between what they're doing?" And what I was doing, and I said, well, they thought bigger and they scaled mm. in a way that, you know, I got businesses to a certain point and then I wanted, I wanted to move on. And that's fine. And that served me. But when I look back, I left a lot of money on the table by not thinking bigger than I did. Right. And uh, so that would be, you know, no matter what I'm thinking, go bigger. You know, I, I just watched that movie, um, Bohemian Rhapsody, and there's this great scene in the movie where Freddie, Mer Freddie Mercury's character is saying to Roger Taylor's character, you know, when he was hitting the high notes in Galileo for Bo Bohemian Rhapsody, go higher, go higher, go higher. And Roger Taylor's like, my God, only dogs can hear this at this point. You know? <laughs> and, um, but he, he, Freddie Mercury saw something higher and bigger and, and then created one of the most iconic songs in history. And that, you know, that reminded me, think bigger, go higher, you know? Mm. You know, it's amazing. I mean, I, I think back at all the, the different questions that I've asked you in this interview. I mean, you have been extremely consistent in your, in this thread of uh, failing forward or, you know, these are pivot to success, but, but also to think bigger. I mean, even the quote you gave me, the even looking for your ideal client. I mean, everything that you said has had a consistent thread through this. And and the next question I'm going to ask you, you've almost already answered, but I I want to give you a chance to kind of you know circle back and really kind of leave our audience with in the, the final segment of our interview here. We we call the Rising Tide Micro Course, and okay. I really want you to to drill down and say, here's the three steps of whatever you want to teach us at this level, you know, take the next, next few minutes and just, just really, really drill down and just kind of, you know, lead our audience into your service or, or whatever you want to touch on. So you've got the mic and here is your opportunity to do your, do your three-step micro course or however many steps you have. So you got it. You got it. Right, so Carl. this is one of my first um, uh, lessons I learned in differentiation very early in my career when I started out my landscaping company and um, I'll share, I've done it in every company that I've ever owned and every company I've ever advised. And what I've done is I've, I've taken the path of leveraging the complaints in the industry rather than focusing on my unique selling proposition. Mm, I, take wow. the top, I take the top five complaints in the industry currently. What is everybody complaining about? And then I look at the services that I've been providing to my clients for free that I really shouldn't have to provide for free and that I really should be getting paid for, but I don't because I do them because you're a good client, you know, and I really shouldn't, but I do anyway. So I make a list of those items and then I take my, my current pricing, whatever it is, let's say it's a hundred. I cross out that line and I double it. And I say, I now charge 200. And then I take that number and I cross that out again and I double it again. And I say, now I charge 400. And then I look at my list of complaints and I look at the list of services and I say to myself, 
what would I have to provide to my ideal client avatar that would make that, of that highest number seem like a good value? Not a cheap price, but a good value. Okay, and then I can decide to stick with that highest price or I can decide to modify it. But if I were to take the complaints plus the most requested services and I were to, and I were to say to myself, okay, what, would I, what else would I have to add to make this sound like a good value? I will likely differentiate myself from my competitors very, very quickly. And we have a term for it. We call it the obnoxious offer. It's obnoxious in price, but it's obnoxious in value. <laughs> and um, and uh, we, uh, we have found that that has been a differentiator for our clients. And it's almost right away because you, you are addressing the pain of the industry and specifically of your ideal client avatar. And we have found that that's an immediate differentiator. Can I try to recap that in a very short period of time? Because that is, that is amazing what you just outlined. So I, 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 I can't come up with a really concise title because I was trying to, to catch capture these, but really it's how to leverage your top five complaints of customers to, to, you know, grow your business. So the first one is you just, you make a list of say the top five complaints that, that customers have, you know, consistent complaints, that type of thing that says, um, you know, here's the, here are the clear five things that, that are on the most on the mind of people that are letting us, you know, have giving us negative feedback. The second is you take your prices, you double them, then you mark that line out and then you double them again. So virtually you're quadrupling your, your prices. Yep. Then you say, okay, we're going we're gonna to look at those top five complaints and we're going to modify our, our most requested services or our most valued services and add value to them so that this, the new price point of these services looks like a good value. Yeah. Is that a clear? Say, yeah, I, you, you nailed it. I mean, they would say, wow, that's a lot. But, you know, I got to tell you, they're giving a lot. They're asking a lot, but they're sure giving a lot. Right. You're also refining, it looks like you're refining your customer base a bit where you have this idea that, you know, if, if they're going to buy at four times, they're probably also your most loyal customers. Exactly. I mean, if you, if you look at a, if you look at a, um, here's a good example, because uh, some of you are thinking like, oh my God, well, I've got to charge all this money. There's other ways to get there. Think of for, the, the game Fortnite, right? That's a free game you know, by a couple of developers that were ga passionate gamers who said, I don't like the games we have and I don't like the options you have within the game. And, and you, I can't, I can't, um, customize as quickly. And Fortnite has become a billion dollar yeah. company and has changed the way games are now made because they just appealed to the passionate gamer and they got them. How did they, yeah. how did Fortnite monetize? By um, in-app purchases, in-game okay. purchases. Oh, yeah, so, tracking buy levels and things like that up, right? Yeah. Right, and that's where they make their money. So you can have an obnoxious offer that starts out free, right? But once you're in the game, I can charge you a little bit more for that, that in-app purchase and that little bit more. If I charge you $3.99 instead of $2.99, are you going to sit there in the middle of a game you're passionate about and say, oh, well, that's it. I'm going to, I'm going to cut my experience over a dollar. Exactly. Say, no way would you do that. But what I, 299 to 3.99 is a 30% premium. Yeah. How many of you out there would like to just overnight get a 30% premium on right. whatever you do? Right. right? You, of course you would. So, you know, once, you know, they have appealed to their audience 
there's a lot of ways to get to the obnoxious offer, um, many ways to do that, but that they, they nailed it. it. It's brilliant, absolutely brilliant the way they did it. And you know, a dollar doesn't sound like much, but if you've got, you know, 50 million people playing your game, that's a, that is a game changer. Yeah. <laughs> that dollar Absolutely. is a game changer. Yeah. Well, Carl, you have provided so much value in a very short period of time today, and I am I'm so grateful. Is there is there any question that I haven't asked you that you just wanted to touch on here as we're as we're wrapping up? And then after that, if you just want to let people know where they can find you, the best place to find you online. Sure. The um the uh, the 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 main the main message um, that I would give we've we've helped launch the uh, launch over five thousand businesses in thirty five countries and one of the things that we've learned over the years is that every one of those businesses could have been as successful as they wanted to be um, but what most early entrepreneurs forget is that they are in the marketing business and mm-hmm. and you can't get caught in this feast and famine syndrome of well, I'm not going to market because I'm, I'm fulfilling the order or providing the service. And then when I'm, when I'm out of work, then I start marketing again. You, that is a slippery slope that very few survive, especially when you're early stage, is that you have to turn on the marketing and lead generation funnel, and it can never be turned off, ever. And yeah. if, as long as you accept that reality, you will have a wonderful time in entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship is, will, will be the most uh, energy draining thing you ever do, but at the same time, it'll be the most um, rewarding work you ever do. So right. they balance off, you know. So if you're if you're up for the if you're up for the uh, the marathon, you will you will cross the line every time. So that's that would be my message because I see so many people stop one step short of the of the finish line. Can it can it be energy draining and energizing at the same time? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I mean, which I, is really almost a, uh, like a paradox, you know. Well, at the end of every day, from the neck down, I'm exhausted. But I can't <laughs> sleep because from the neck up, I'm like, that was, that was awesome. <laughs> the Who's gears next? are just spinning, continuing. Exactly. The hamster's right. running in the, on the wheel, for sure. Right, right, right. I mean, you're, sure. you know, you weren't, you weren't born to go into your casket with a lot of energy left over. You know, leave, use it all up. On leave the it on the field. field. There Absolutely. you go. And if you're doing what you love, you'll be – you will be, you know, spiritually and emotionally and psychologically, you'll be so energized. You'll want to do it. You'll want to wake up the next day and do it again. Sure. You know? So where can people best find you? Uh, com uh, is the gateway for all the things that I do. So that's probably the best way to go. Um, there, we have a contact us page where we offer everyone who comes to uh, any uh, presentation or listens to a podcast, a free, um, what we call business analysis, a growth analysis to find out how much your business can grow. It's a, it's a spend an hour or two with a growth advisor on us. That's our give back to the entrepreneurial community. Wow, what so, a great gift. Oh, you're, thank you. And I'm, I'm so uh, grateful that you, um, you allowed me to, to be on here. So take us up on it, go to carlgould.com, put business analysis right in the subject line and we'll and we'll set you up with a growth advisor and show you how to take your business to the next level. That's C A R L G O U L D dot com. Once you've heard it, it's hard to unthink that. Hard to unthink that. It's like it rhymes with gold. <laughs> That's right. Well there you go. There you go. Carl, we, we are so grateful that you took your time today and just uh, shared so much, like I said, so much value in just a short period of time. And, and I really have enjoyed just 
getting to know you and just just allowing you hopefully space to kind of share your message with our listeners. And I know that they, they will benefit from that as well. And Carl, just thank you for really just playing your part in helping all boats rise in a rising tide. Have a great well, day. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.